Whether cold or hot, it takes the same thing to get lukewarm. Sit around at room temperature. Welcome to Kingdom Increase with Amanda Hall. I'm Amanda Hall, wife to Rodney, mom to Cecily, and pastor at Kingdom Increase Church in Jerseyville, Illinois. Well, I'm so glad you're joining me today as I drop this new podcast, Who in Your Life Needs to Go? <laughs> this is going to be an interesting one. <laughs> well, they're all interesting when it comes to the Word of God, I think. But I just want to say here to start, thank you for those of you that join me regularly, that uh, are following uh, my podcast um, on whatever platform you're following. Thank you uh, for doing that. I, I really, it is my prayer that you're getting value out of this, that it is helping you, um, equipping you to walk the life that God has for you. Amen. And so share it if it's helping you. Share it with others that you believe that it will also help. So, like I said, today I'm going to talk about who in your life needs to go. And, um, you know, this is always um, something, um, you know, when you come into the body of Christ and, and you get born again, you know, when you're out living in the world and living a life uh, in the world, um, you realize when you come into the body of Christ, when you get born again, and you get yourself planted um, in the church and and all of that. I mean, there there is or there should be a vast difference between the way the world lives and the way the people who are of the church live. Amen. And so, of course, you're always going to have um, in some places and some bodies uh, of believers, you're, <laughs> you're going to have a, not a whole lot of difference because it's just not the culture there. The word isn't taught um, as it should, and uh, many people just continue to live a life of sin, not realizing there's a way that seems right, um, but in the end, it ad- actually leads to destruction and death. But I- I'm talking, you know, just the the mere fact that you know, and then you have people that have grown up in church. I mean, I grew up in church, but to be honest, um, in the church that I grew up in, I mean, you had people. Um, serving communion when it was communion Sunday, which wasn't very often in the church that I grew up in. I think maybe we might have did it once a quarter. So what's that four times a year? But the guys serving communion were, you know, in the bars on Friday and Saturday night. (laughs) You know, why? Because they were warm bodies and pews, right? And they were of the male gender. Um, You know, just stupid stuff, you know. That there nowhere does that does that what it says uh, in the Word of God. You can't find that in the Word of God. You actually find just the opposite of that um, um, in the Word of God. And so a lot uh, in what I grew up, though, you know, in with my mom, she was extremely sincere um, in her salvation, and she was um, very consistent in making sure uh, we got to church. My dad didn't serve the Lord when I was young, so it was just my mom and and us three um, kids, but ultimately um, we were churchgoers. That, that's what we did. So because my dad wasn't a Christian, I mean, it's not like he was an all-out heathen, don't get me wrong, that's not what I'm saying, but because he wasn't, um, you know, Jesus and, and the things of God were not a, a priority in our life. The other, you know, um, 100 and whatever, 67 hours of the week, or whatever, you know, and so 
there wasn't, I didn't see a lot in the way I grew up, a, a lot of things that I would call true Christianity. I'm not saying I didn't go to church with people who are, were truly Christian because there were several of them that definitely were. Um, but even that, they were much muted, right, in their Christianity. And that's kind of what I want to talk about today. So we can we can go in here and recognize that how imperative, I mean, the Bible says, you know, a bad company corrupts good morals. Well, we know that and, and um, you know, we can, we can read in the Word of God. And I'm going to touch a couple of those scriptures today just because I feel like that it's imperative. It's something you need to talk about, obviously, when you're talking about the people that you're doing life with. But I really want to focus more on mature Christians, people that are loving the Lord, um, living a sinless life by the power of the Holy Ghost um, and the grace of God. Um, I really want to touch on on you. I want to touch on you that, that are seeking to walk in a way that pleases um, God, seeking to follow the instruction that is given to us in the Word of God and honoring God in your life uh, in everything that you do. So I really want to focus there um, today. Like I said, I will cup, uh, touch on a couple things because I think that it's it's important besides the fact you can, we can actually, I can still get a lot out of it. Um, but in Amos chapter three and verse three, um, in the new living translation, it says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? Can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? And I think this is really important because, um, you, you know, in, in certain places, and, and things people want to always talk about unity within the body of Christ and, and that kind of stuff. With that, go with me to 2 Corinthians um, chapter 6 real quick. Like I said, I'm going to cover a couple of these things. I think it's important. But, um, you know, whether people call themselves a believer or not is not really what I'm judging. I, whether people go to church on Sundays or not are not what I'm judging. Um, not that I believe that people that call themselves Christians and never go to church uh, they, they've got some explaining to do because the Bible is very clear. Um, one, he gives us, Jesus gave gifts to man before he left this earth. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. It tells us in Ephesians chapter four. And their purpose is is for um, the building up of the church, right? For the perfecting and the equipping of the saints, so anybody who calls themselves a believer and has not attached themselves to a local body where they sit under um, spiritual authority of, of, of a man or woman of God, um, a pastor, whatever, I, depending on where you're at, your bishop, everybody's, you know, different denominations and things called different names, apostles, whatever. If you're not that, then there's going to be very little perfecting going on in your life. And in the book of Hebrews in chapter 10, it's very clear that forsake not. This isn't a suggestion. It's a commandment. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. And so in, in that passage, let, let me just look at that real quick. You can just stay in 2 Corinthians if, if, you, if you have your, your Bible open there already. But in Hebrews chapter 10 and, and in that passage, <clears throat> I don't remember if it's 23 or 25. I never remember which verse it actually is off the top of my head. <clears throat> Um, 
in verse 24, it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. You know, in certain translations, it says, forsake not the still meeting together as is the manner of some, but actually you should meet to get, we should be meeting together even more as the return of Jesus is nearing. Why? Because, well, part of it is that's the way we motivate one another to acts of love and good works. There can be no true perfecting going on in your life. I'm not going to get into that today because I could go on and on and on about walking in perfection. Um, but there cannot, there can not be that if, if you're not sitting under um, the leaders that, that God, that Jesus himself gave to the church for their perfecting and equipping. Amen. And the scripture tells us clearly, but besides that, there's a lot of people that go to church that there's no true evidence of, of Jesus in their life, you know? And so some of it do it out of habit. Some of it do it out of self-righteousness, you know, I accomplished my church duty uh, this week. I went to church this week for, you know, whatever, 60 minutes, 90 minutes, you know, I've done it. I I'm, I'm, I'm good. You know, um, I belong to a church. My name is on the membership uh, of that church. So, you know, there's a lot of reasons why people go to church is it, there are a lot of reasons why people uh, do a lot of things, but in second Corinthians chapter six, verse 14 it says, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will welcome you, and I will be your father, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. So again, like I said, I'm going to touch briefly on what the scripture is talking about as far as that, you know, that we should not yoke ourselves with unbelievers. This just isn't for marriage. This is in any um, real close relationship. I, I, you know, sometimes Believers will start businesses and they'll, they'll take on partners that aren't believers. Why would you do that from the get go? <laughs> I mean, you're either one doomed to failure in your business or two likely going to be drawn away from the things of God. Because if you're in business and you have financial investment and time investment into a business with someone that's an unbeliever, I mean, that's, that's just not actually going to work out well um, for you. Right. And it's the same with, with friendships, you know? And so in 2 Timothy chapter um, 2, in verse 21, I want to read this out of Amplified Classic because there's something in here that it expounds on. It says, so whoever cleanses himself, and then it expounds. It says, from what is ignoble unclean? And then it goes on to say, who separates himself from contact with contaminating and corrupting influences will then himself be a vessel set apart and useful for honorable, noble purposes, consecrated and profitable to the master, fit and ready for any good work. And I, I want to focus on it. Who separates themselves from con, uh, who separates himself from contact with contaminating and corrupting influences? Now, obviously, as born again children of God, and and Paul actually um, he addresses this when he's addressing a, a, a heinous 
wicked sin going on in the um, the Corinthian church. You've got a guy who's sleeping with his, his dad's um, wife. And so, and he said, the church wasn't doing anything about it. They were more like gloating in it because nobody was addressing it and nobody was addressing the sin. And boy, Paul just lays into him. He said, you know, I, I told you before not to, um, to, you know, to have a relationship with people or have contact with people that are living in sexual sin. Now, that right there, to, in today's church, people don't get it and they don't understand it. I mean, shoot, you have just as much, um, you have just as much sex outside of marriage and children born outside of marriage in the church many times as you do in the world. And, and nobody says anything about it and people don't address it. And it's ridiculous. But Paul's saying, look, I wasn't talking about people out in the world. If people are sinners, sinners do sin, all right? That's what they do, sinners sin. <laughs> but we that are born again aren't sinners, we're saints. And we're not practicing a lifestyle of sin. So in a church, if those things aren't being addressed, there's a problem. The leader is not taking their responsibility from that pulpit and preaching what the word of God says. Because the Bible says that anyone who practices sin, and we know that sexual immorality in every form is sin. If you live a lifestyle of living that, it says you will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Plain and simple, right? And so Paul tells him, I'm not telling you because if, if, if you try to totally separate yourself, you, you, you would have to pull yourself out of the world. He said, I'm not talking about unbelievers and sinners. He said, I'm talking about in the body of Christ. He said, if someone in the body of Christ is living a sexually sinful life, he says, you need to separate yourself from them. Have no relationship with them. Don't talk to them. Nothing. Oh, oh my goodness. You know, people, well, what would Jesus do? Well, I'll tell you what would Jesus do? Because that instruction that Paul gives the Corinthian church came straight from Jesus. God inspired Paul to write that down. And that is his instruction to the church. But nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to stand up on their own two feet, firmly planted on the word of God, which is the firm foundation, and preach what the truth is. And that's why people aren't free. And that's why many people that do sit in church on a regular basis and serve on this board and do this service in the church and this and that and everything else aren't going to make it to heaven because nobody actually ever tells them the truth. Because it's only the truth that'll set you free. Amen. And so we, we, we know this um, reality, but the thing that I, about the second Timothy chapter two and verse 21, it, to me, it goes to a deeper level, which is, you know, I mean, anybody that's been in the Lord for a while and is a mature Christian, you know, you're not living a life of sin and you're not spending a whole lot of time. It, it, I mean, we have to minister to unbelievers. We have to minister to those people that are steeped in sin and bound by sin. We don't go to minister them in judgment. We go to minister them life so that we can pull them out of the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of death and pull them into the kingdom of light and, and, and um, the kingdom of life. Amen. That's what we do. We're not going out into a sinful world ministering the gospel to people that are lost and on their way to hell with condemnation. We're going out with the word of God. It's within the body of Christ where judgment must come, where we have to measure the fruit of people's lives. What they say mean nothing if the fruit in their lives says just the opposite. Amen. Because you can't get good fruit from a bad tree, Jesus said. But when I look at the second Timothy chapter two and verse 21, 
in um, the Amplified Classic, and it says, who separates himself from contact with contaminating and corrupting influences. All right. I'm, I want to look at this today in a deeper level. Again, not just talking to, to people that are still battling in, in a life of, of, of sin, even if they've come into the body of Christ and, and haven't grabbed a hold of the truth um, that, that um, the cross of Jesus Christ and the blood of Jesus not only um, forgives you of your sin, but it washes you clean from it. It doesn't the, the blood of Jesus Christ and the cross of Jesus Christ isn't about reforming your character. It's about regenerating you. You become a brand new person. And so your desires and things change. But sometimes people don't quite have that revelation yet when they, when they truly do make Jesus a personal Lord and Savior. So I'm not talking about immature people just coming into the, into the kingdom of God through Jesus. I'm talking about people that have been in the Lord for a while and those of us that should be mature. Amen. I believe that for us, there should always be a changing of levels in our life. We, sh we cannot, I firmly believe you cannot remain, remain stagnant in the Lord. You're either making progress or you're regressing, right? It's either progress or regress. It, there's, no, there's no in between. If you're standing still, that kingdom of the enemy, that kingdom of darkness is, is slowly dragging you in. If you're standing still in, um, in fear, fear has you paralyzed. Fear comes straight from the pits of hell. So you, you, um, it's, it's slowly dragging you towards the kingdom of darkness. And so I don't believe that people, I, I think you're either progressing or you're regressing. I don't think there's any really standing still in this world. Amen. And so I believe that as believers, we need to always be examining who is in our life and who maybe is in our life right now that actually needs to go. They may actually truly be a Christian. And I'm not saying that we're passing judgment like in, in eternal condemnation here. I'm just saying that if you're actually wanting to get to the next level in your life, in your walk with Jesus, in the promises of God, fulfilling what God's called you on your life, having the things that Jesus bought and paid for, for you on the cross and in his resurrection, right? If you actually want to do that, then you need to be making progress. And every level that, uh, that you're going to enter into, right, we're changed and transformed from glory to glory. And so there has to be a transformation in us for us to get to new levels of glory, which really represent God's goodness in his presence and his power. Amen. So that's going to affect every area of our life from our character for, to from, you know, our peace, our love. Our joy is going to affect our relationships. It's going to reflect our, in our home, in our marriages, in our children, in our finances, in our work, in our ministry. Every time we change levels from glory to glory, it's, it, you know, it requires a change in us too. But the, but the reality is it also requires a change in your environment. Because if you're going to move to a new level, it's always increase, right? New levels always indicates increase. And so that means you're having to grow so that you can fit in to that next level. At some point in time, you're going to get so big because you're allowing God to transform you by his word and by his spirit that you just bust out of the level that you're in because now what's on the inside of you has become so big, it cannot be contained in the space that is around you. Amen. But what often pulls people back or holds people back are the people around them. And I believe there's probably people in your life that need to go. 
And when it says who separates himself from contact with contaminating, corrupting influences, I'm not, for me, that doesn't just say people that are living in sin. Okay. Because I'm walking in, in the Lord and I've been in the Lord a really long time. I actually don't live my life with people that are walking in sin. I minister to those that are right. Um, I, uh, <clears throat> you know, love to reach out to the unbelievers to those that are walking in sin, I, 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 you know, I'm sharing the gospel, winning the loss. I'm, I'm doing all of that, but I'm not living my life with people um, like that. It's not my day-to-day life to just sit around and hang out with those kind of people. But what happens is that when you're a person of faith, and we understand by Hebrews chapter 11 and verse six, it says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And the reality for many believers' lives, they have a call on their life. They've gotten vision from the Lord for what God has um, for them to do. And they've gotten instruction for the next step in, in their life. But the problem is they still have people around them that are holding them back from that next level. They are contaminating and corrupting your faith. Contaminating and corrupting your faith. That was one of the things that the Lord said to me at the end of last year and coming into this next year as I was talking to him about some situations that took place in this last year as I was working with other people in the body of Christ. Now, please, if you don't know me, you're you're probably going to think, who does she think she is? She's arrogant. She thinks she's holier than thou, blah, 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 blah. Well, you think whatever you want to think. But the reality is everybody in the body of Christ are not at the same level. And, and some of it is because people have come in at different times. They haven't been in the Lord as long as others, but other people, it's merely for the fact because they lazy in their Christianity. They don't do the, want to do the work that it takes for them to walk at high levels of anointing and getting and accomplishing everything that Christ has called them to. And so that is merely people's decision. If you were to look at that passage in second Timothy chapter two, where I was in 19, Verses 19 through 22, you'll see that, you know, um, really played out there. But the, the thing is, is that I think many mature believers are at a standstill and not increasing in levels of God's glory. All right. His, his presence, his, which is represented in his goodness and his power. That is evident. It's not a theory. All right. God's glory is not a theory. It's evident. It is tangible in his goodness and his power in your life, in the way you live, but also in what you do to reach others and to help others. Amen. And so the, the reason a lot of people aren't advancing and they're at this level that they've been stuck at so long, it's because the people that are around them in their life and there are people in your life that are going to need to go and order because they're, they're just like, you know, they're, they're just, you're like tethered to that, that level because you're tethered to those people. How can two walk together unless they come into agreement at which direction they're headed? And so again, I'm talking to believers here that are mature and really wanting to walk in everything that God has through them and do everything that Christ has called them to do. I'm talking to you today. Some of the reason why you're not advancing is because of the people around you. They may be Christians, 
but they aren't increasing in life. They're not increasing in faith. They're not doing anything to improve their life. They're not separating themselves from contaminating, corrupting influences. They're not cleansing themselves. They're not spending time in the word. They're very inconsistent in their church attendance. They're not serving in their local body. They're not reaching people with the good news, not inviting people to church, not sharing the gospel with people. I'm telling you, right? In the book of Proverbs, it says, if, 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 if a person wants to be wise, you have to walk with the wise. Do you know that's that way with everything? Like if you want to be effective in the kingdom of God, and if you want to walk in all of the promises of God, you need to walk with people that are wanting to walk with all, in all the promises of God, right? You can't just, you know, oh, I'm, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I'm talking to you today that, are, that feel like you're stuck in a level and it's time to move. That likely there's probably people in your life that need to go. Like how, how many of you that, that listen to this would say you like to watch Hallmark movies or Hallmark kind of like movies, right? I used to like to watch them a lot more than I do now. I don't really have time to watch too much TV. And I don't care to really, I don't watch a lot of the Hallmark movies anymore because they've, they've, they're o overflowing with wickedness um, it, that the world has adopted as okay. But, you know, you, in some of those movies you'll have, and I know people that are like this, and, and I'm not saying that this is a bad thing. I'm just saying. You'll have people in those movies that live in the same town. They've lived their entire life. They were born, raised, got married there, you know, raised their kids. There's nothing wrong with that. So please don't get, don't get me wrong, okay? Please because some every everybody's idea of success looks a little bit different depending on God's call on their life. But you know, some people are 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 still stuck in in that same town or city or whatever and, and nothing in their life has changed in like 30 years. Nothing. Nothing has changed. There's no real growth. They're just stuck. They got the same friends they've been, you know, and there's nothing, again, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, I actually think sometimes I kind of admire people that still still have some of their greatest friends in life or people they've been friends with since they were five years old, right? When they went into kindergarten. <laughs> that is not me. Well, first of all, we moved a lot when I was a kid. And second of all, my life has changed. And even people that I loved and I was, re I was really close with at one point in life, they're just... At, in life, there came a time where separation just took place because we no longer were headed in the same direction. How can two walk together unless they've agreed on the direction, right? And that doesn't necessarily mean there was some big falling out or, or anything like that. Sometimes you're just headed in such opposite a direction of someone that you've been walking with for so long that you just eventually begin, you're walking in opposite directions so your life just get further and further away. It's just the reality. But then sometimes there's people in your life that that's not actually happening. Sometimes people will actually pull away from you as you press into the things of God, people that you walk with. And I'm even talking about Christians, people that you walk with, um, 
for a long time, maybe in the body of Christ, um, they begin to pull away from you because they think you're radical in this, in this Jesus thing, right? They're just not so sure that they want to be that dedicated. They don't understand why you put so much of your finances into the work um, of the gospel. They can't understand why you spend that much time in church or why you, you're out talking to people about Jesus on, on the daily. And so they'll gradually begin to pull away from you. But I'm telling you, some of you are actually going to have to take the active approach of pulling away from some people in your life. It doesn't mean you have to hate them. It doesn't mean that you don't wish them well. It doesn't mean that you don't bless them and pray for them. I'm just saying, if you're going to get to the next level, if you're going to move on, then you're going to have to drop some people in your life. And you're going to have to realize that sometimes people are just okay with, with mediocrity. I don't like mediocrity and I don't like sticking around with mediocrity. I'm the kind of person I feel like if you're going to do something, you better do it to the best of your ability. And then you better do it beyond the best of your ability. And what I mean by that is this, you better practice so that your ability improves, right? So that your skill in whatever it is you're doing increases and improves because that's what God, whether we recognize it or not, God is invested in us. We see it in more than one, um, parable in the word of God where he invested talent and yeah, he was talking about money, but this, you know, it, it's, it goes for a lot of things. He invested in people and for you and I, God has invested in through Christ in each of us gifts, talents, and abilities. And when he returns, he's going to expect a return on his investment in you. And you can't just stick around and hang around with people that are holding you back, right? And so that's on you. That's actually not on them. <laughs> no one else, contrary to the modern world of 2023, no one else is responsible for you but you. And so there's probably going to need to be some people in your life that you're going to have to just, you know, separate yourself from. Again, I'm not saying... I've, I've actually in my, in my own life, there sometimes relationships, it was just, we were headed in so, such opposite directions that we just got further and further apart and it came pretty quickly and there was no really falling out in it. Then there were other situations and circumstances in my life that had I been listening rightly to the Lord, I would have made the active decision on my part to separate myself from a a person or a people, a group of people. But because I didn't, because I was so, you, you get comfortable and used to certain things, actually then the enemy was able to work in there and then cause a, a hubbub that actually created more problems than had I just been willing to step out into the unknown and away from what I had known, right? And so... <clears throat> It might be that you need to let some people go in your life. Go with me if you can to Romans, the book of Romans chapter 12 and verse 11. And it is true that there are stages and instances in your walk with the Lord that it will seem extremely lonely at times when you have to do this. But I'm telling you, you will never give up anything for Christ. You will never lose anything for Christ. 
that will not come back to you good measure pressed down shaken together and running over and the quality of it will be much better amen so just remember that it may look like a temporary loss but it is an exponential gain with eternity attached to it when you're willing to give up and like i said sometimes relationships have to be given up and and I probably maybe should have prefaced this at the beginning, just in case you get somebody that will listen to this, you know, having a tough time in marriage or whatever, and they're thinking they want to call it quits. Unless you have a good biblical standing for divorce, adultery, abuse, abandonment, then you need to stick it out and and make that thing work. Amen. (laughs) And I'm just going to, I'm going to leave it at that right? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about other relationships in your life. And sometimes that includes other family. Sometimes you, you kind of have to, you know, put some distance between you and your own parents. Yes, you love them. And yes, you honor them. But sometimes you got to put some distance between you and them, right? Or other people in your life too that are family. So you have to be, this is important. If you're going to go where God wants you to go, if you're going to do what God's called you to do, if you're going to have what Jesus paid for you to have, right? Then this is something you need to tend to. Oh, and I think earlier said, and I kind of got off. I don't know where I went on that. Sorry about that. But at the end of last year, into the beginning of this year, and I was asking the Lord about situation that happened as I was I worked with some other people in the body of Christ last year and it did not end well. A a couple of the situations, um, it it didn't end up ending well, you know, and I'm, I'm for the body of Christ. Excuse me. I'm a kingdom minded individual. I am a pastor and I have a church and in that church, we have a mission from God And so I want God to bring in all the people that that want to see that vision and run with that mission. So yes, I I have a church and I have a responsibility there. But as a whole, I'm a kingdom-minded person. I like to see the kingdom of God advanced. And I don't mind helping other ministers, including other pastors of other churches, even in my own town or my own region, advance the kingdom of God. Okay? That's me. I'm a kingdom-minded individual. Hence, our church's name is Kingdom Increased Church, right? And so, but in working with other people in the body of Christ last year in a couple different situations, both times I got burned. (laughs) And this isn't the first time this has happened to me. And I talked to the Lord about it. And I said, Lord, I don't know what to do because you know I'm a kingdom-minded individual. And you know, I want to help people and I want to encourage people what you call them to do because it's really about the increase of the kingdom, getting people born again, planted in the kingdom and, and, and discipled to walk like you walked Jesus. But I can't keep, I can't do that anymore because it hurts my heart. Okay. I'm a very passionate individual. Like if you listen to this for very long, you know, I'll get loud uh, I'll get to talking fast. People don't understand, Amanda. I don't know why you need to yell. I'm, I'm not. I, I'm. I'm passionate about the things of God. I'm passionate about Jesus. I'm passionate about what He. Uh, you know, like I love what He loves. I hate what He hates. Um, 
And I want to see people walking free. I want to see people born again. I want to see people walking free from sin. I want to see people walking free from addictions, bondages, chains. I want to see people walking free from their past of rejection. I want to see people walking free from the pain and the harm that was brought onto them by somebody else that abused them in some fashion or form. I want to see people walking free from, from, uh, um, a spirit of poverty that has just wreaked havoc in their family for generations. I want to see people walking in financial prosperity. I want to see people uh, walking in spiritual prosperity. I want to see people walking in health. I don't want people dying from cancer. I don't want to see people having to continually battle um, for their physical health when Jesus um, paid the cost for that on the cross and by his stripes we were healed, right? Like I'm passionate about these things. I'm passionate with it with the concept of what the word of God says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom, not there will be freedom. There is liberty. Amen. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and whom you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And whom the sun sets free is free. Indeed, not just free a little bit, not just free 50%, not just free 90%, but free indeed. Like these are things I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about the fact that God created every person with a, with a purpose and a plan in mind, and that purpose and plan was wrecked by sin the moment they entered into this life through their birth upon this earth, but that when they're born again in Christ Jesus, that plan and purpose is reestablished, and they're born again in Christ to do those good works that God already had planned and purpose for them to do, to walk in the good life that he has prepared and made ready for him. I'm passionate about the fact that it's the devil that's come to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly to the full till it overflows. These are things that I'm passionate about. And I'm passionate about helping people understand it in such a practical way that they become one with the word. That the word is just not something that they read and they have up in their mind. And it's not just theory or doctrine, but it's actually experience in their life that they have a, re, a real experiential relationship with Jesus and his word. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can't help it if people don't like the delivery that I bring it in. It's who I am. God created me this way. And actually he's perfected it and honed that even to a greater measure so that I can reach people. Right? That those people may not be everybody, but I'm going to, I'm reaching people. Amen. But as the thing is, is that because I am that way, the reality is the fire of God that, you know, the passion of God on the inside of me, it doesn't really want to care what you call it, but it's really the fire of God that burns in, in me becomes very offensive to people that don't have that fire burning. And so when I told the Lord, I said, I can't do that anymore, Lord. You know I'm about your kingdom. You know I'm about helping people do what you called them to do. That's what I've always been, encouraging people in that, helping them, even instructing them, giving them things that I've learned along the way that'll help them so that they don't have to learn it on their own. I can just tell them um, that so then they just have that information and they can go on and go further than me faster. Okay, y'all. So I noticed, um, once again, I don't know what's going on with this app. I'm actually going to have to contact them. It cut my message off by a good, uh, 20 minutes. So you missed out on some of the best part of the message. I'm going to have to go ahead and post this. I'll, I'll, I'll try to go back another time and redo the whole thing, but I'm going to have to contact them and find out what the malfunction is. I apologize. Um, I don't mean for this to be very unprofessional,
I'm using the equipment that I have to do what I can do. And there's just nothing else that I can do about it at the time. So I apologize. So you're going to get a cutoff version and you really miss some of the best part of the message, but I'll come back and redo it again. Sorry about that, y'all. Bye-bye.